Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. We're back here on the first team. I'm Joe DeLeon. Joining me, as always, is Ryan Roberts at Joe DeLeon at Rise and Draft on Twitter. Folks, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of our content coming your way this college football season. Today, we're doing our last summer scouting episode. We almost, I I joked about this last week, we almost timed it up right. We almost got it uh, to land perfectly where we got all these position groups in before week zero, but we still got it in before week one. And that final position group being the most important on the field, the quarterback position. We know that this class has two star-studded players in Drake May and Caleb Williams, Ryan. But there's some other fun names. I don't don't know what I really thought going into this. I kind of thought coming into watching these guys that there were going to be some really good football players after that top two. But I had Mm -hmm. no idea who it was going to be. I ended up with a decent amount of first-round grades. A lot of late third after that. There's a pretty big gap, but like, how did you see see this quarterback group? Yeah, I mean, I I, I was actually just talking to a good friend of the show, Corey Kinnon, about this this morning, Joe. But I, oh. I think that after the top two, there's a lot of tools that we'll talk about, right? Yes. Like, there's some guys with some yes. big arms. There's some good athletes on the on the field, but there's nobody that like I'm comfortable saying like first round pick right now like I'm just not in that comfort zone with it but there's a lot of tools to really like so I I just think that we have a firm understanding of what the class is at the top right now after that it's about which of these toolsy I don't say underdeveloped because a couple of these guys are just more inexperienced right like I I think underdeveloped is a very negative connotation I just think there's some players on this list that like they just need more reps. They need more game time experience. And if they're able to master their craft and get and be able to harness the athletic tools that they have, this kid ended up being a very good quarterback class. Because as of right now, I think it's very top heavy and then a lot of tools to work with after the top two. That's how I kind of see it. Make sure you check out Bet Online for all of your sports betting needs. For anything that I do betting related, I go on over to betonline.ag and I use promo code BELIEVE50. BetOnline has all of the latest updated odds for the NFL and college football seasons. Anything you need, whether it's futures, live in-game betting, no matter what, your football betting needs are met at BetOnline. And again, make sure you use that promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Well, you led me in perfectly for my first guy who is all tools, all upside, and has been uh, somebody who has been projected as a really talented quarterback, but is still steps away from getting there. And I'm talking about Cam Ward from Washington State. He comes from Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word's Ward is how I used to call him on the FCS pod. Really loved watching him play. And yep. then there was this chance to get to see what he can do at the at a bigger level when he transferred to Washington State. It's I'm still kicking myself that not kicking myself, but I'm still frustrated that he didn't end up at Ole Miss because I wonder 
what his development would have been like if he was playing for for Lane Kiffin in an offense that would have just set him up to do crazy stuff. And I know that sure. was one of his biggest suitors. Regardless, he's at Washington State. He is fighting for his life on every single play, which is so frustrating to watch because I feel like he could be so good if he wasn't getting blasted <laughs> every time they play a good opponent. Um, but you see a lot of the things where when he has a clean pocket, when everything's set up for him to to operate cleanly, he's got a really nice arm. He's able to drive the ball really easily. The ball flies off of his hand. I think that when things are settled and he's in a good rhythm and he's confident, his accuracy is pretty good too. But what I need to see a little bit better of him is better composure in the pocket. And I, I get a little bit freaked out when I see pressure bearing down on him. You would sure. think that he'd be better at improvising, but I just feel like sometimes when when he's getting chased, it leads to him either taking sacks. He doesn't really know how to evade and get away from that stuff despite being a good athlete. I just yeah. want to see a better presence in the pocket for him going from backyard football dominant player to a really good starting quarterback. I, I think that he had a lot of pleasant signs as a first-year starter at Washington State. Like, I mean, I think he threw like mm -hmm. 23 touchdowns as a first-year starter there, which is a pretty good number. Joe, I mean, honestly, like – I don't think anyone, including myself, should have expected Cameron Ward to go from incarnate word to Washington State and just dominate like it's no serious yes. transition, right? Like that's a tough yes. transition. You're talking about a because he wasn't even in one of the top two conferences on the FCS level. It's not like he came from the Missouri Valley or no. the or the CAA. Like he came from a little bit of a what was it? Is that the Southland Conference? Is is that where incarnate word is? Like think something like that maybe I, I i believe so but this isn't yeah. trey lance to your point where he was playing yeah. on the best offense in the country exactly if he, if he was coming from a missouri valley where he had to see for instance the south dakota states of the world the north dakota states on a week-to-week -week basis it's like yeah it's still a step up but at least you're playing really good football the top of that division or that of that subdivision i should say right but i he took a big step forward I think that he showed a lot of progress throughout the season. He did not quite make my list. I did have a draftable grade on him, though, because his talent is berserk, man. I think year two mm. at Washington State, I think he could take a massive step forward because I would say this, Joe, like just pure arm strength, he's probably top three or four on this list. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. legitimately, he really is. He can throw from different arm angles. He's a good athlete. He actually is kind of a master of chaos at times. Like he makes a lot of really nice plays outside of structure, but also his his willingness to play outside of structure all the time does hurt his accuracy. Like he can be very erratic at times just because he just isn't he's not as comfortable as a couple of these guys as far as playing in a pocket consistently. Like he's had yeah. to play yeah. backyard football a lot during his career, but I really do like Cameron Ward, the talent. I think that he can make a massive rise this year, and I think that he could potentially be a top five to seven quarterback in this class. It's just right now he's more tools than proven on the level that he plays, but I think that he could take a massive step forward at Washington State this year. I really do. Who'd you have that? Um, I'm surprised. I kind of thought that you were going to. I, I like I like Ward a lot, man, but there was a couple uh -huh. games. There was one game in particular where, like, He's just like air mailing screens and stuff, right? Where I'm just yeah, like, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I kind of chalked it up to him getting rattled by sure. – he's got no one blocking for him. No one is His blocking for him. His wide receivers aren't too good either. So, like, it, it, the offense just wasn't <sighs> great this past year. But I'm hopeful – because, I, you know, I've picked Washington State to be like a riser in the Pac-12 this year, a team that's going to be a lot better. 
Because I really think if they get offensive production on top of the defense they have, I think they could be a really surprised yeah. team in the pack. It's just about maturation, and I think Cameron Ward just needs a year of maturation. Number five for me. He's number five, yep. Yeah. A young man that I've been high on it for a couple of years now, and I really thought he put his best step forward this year. I like Michael Pratt from Tulane a ton. I really do. Um, oh. 6'2", 6'3", depending where you look, 220 pounds. I don't think we have a ver- – actually, we may have a verified number on him. I'm going to look it up as I kind of talk about Michael Pratt. But, Joe, he's just a young man that I think all – the, the best of what I've seen from Michael Pratt so far is really, really good. Like his highs are is some of the best highs in this class, in my opinion. He throws a very catchable football, has easy velocity on his arm, and he has some of the de- best downfield and intermediate touch in this class, in my opinion. Like he could throw with some great touch. And he's a good athlete. I think that outside of structure, he can run the football a little bit. He can extend – a good bit. Like there are a lot of tools, like the baseline tools that I get super excited about with a Michael Pratt. It's just, and I'm looking at his verified here. I thought he was on this list. Yeah, there he is. He is six, two and a half, 219 pounds. So six, two and a half, mm. 219, 220 pounds. So he's a pretty good size kid. Big, big frame. I think he saw his chance to put on another five to 10 pounds and be, and hold it very effectively. His lower body is just too passive at times. And what I mean by that is like, it's too laxed. There's just some times where I just think he is one of those kids that can like throw from different platforms and stuff at times. And that's great. Except when you're inside of structure and your feet are still too laxed and you lose accuracy because of it. Like there's just some throws where I'm just like, that's a little bit too erratic. I think he needs to trust his eyes a little bit more. The natural maturation of playing the position is just what Michael Pratt needs to work on. Like his feet needs to be a little bit more consistent. His eyes need to be a little bit more consistent as far as trusting. If he can do both those things, though, my guy has tools. Like I put a fourth-round grade on him, but I think that he can go day two if he develops properly. I really do. That's a young man that has gotten steadily better for Tulane over the last couple years. And obviously they just – Defeated Cam William, uh, Cam Williams, Caleb Williams in the bowl game had a great victory there. He didn't play fantastic, but the big thing about him was he played his best ball when he had to in that football game to help Tulane win. So I think natural maturation of the process of playing quarterback. There's no improvements that I need to see from him from an arm strength perspective, from an athleticism perspective, from a frame perspective. He's got all the goods. It's just about being more consistent and crisp with footwork and decision-making. If he can do that, I think he's a top-five quarterback potentially in this class. He just misses my list, oh, um, but oh, I, I love him. I love yeah. him. I'm not like Lorenz sitting here saying that he's a he's a UDFA, but um, really, really veteran player. I think that like that's the really good key thing here is that he's experienced. He's been around the block. He chose to stick around at Tulane. I, I kind of wonder if he's one of those guys, if maybe he did hop in the portal and leave and he did end up with a, a new setting, if if he would have really, really helped boost himself. But I'm sure he'll be fine sticking around at Tulane this year. I, I know that there was a lot of schools that were uh, very interested in Michael Pratt entering yeah. the portal. But uh, yeah, I guess the money didn't quite uh, make him uh, make that move, obviously. But he's a talented kid, man. Here's a comparison, Joe, and like people are going to hate this, and you're probably going to hate this as well. Uh-oh. I think there are parallels, and again, I'm not saying this kid's going to go this high, but I get some Sam Darnold vibes with Michael Pratt, the good and the bad. Because like, okay. like, I know that face. I saw the face. But I think one thing that people can't discount about Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold's really talented. It just never quite clicked on the NFL level for him. Yeah. Like, I, 
I, I, I think similarly from a talent perspective, I see Sam Darnold in him because I think there's a similar arm. There's similar ability to push the ball down the field. And Darnold was a good athlete like he was. And I think that Michael Pratt is a good athlete as well. So I just think style and physical profile, there's a lot of similarities there. Again, not saying that he's going to be drafted in the high first round and then flame out in the NFL. Like That's not what I'm predicting for Michael Pratt. I just see some physical attributes that I think are kind of similar to what Darnold has on, on to the table, brings to the table. My number four, I've got Riley Leonard from four. Duke. Was a really, really big fan. No, but I have a really pretty good grade on him. Okay. Um, I really like Riley Leonard though from Duke. I think that he is, uh, you know, good enough of an athlete to be an impact in the run game, to evade and handle pressure. I just, you tweeted a lot about this. I just think that he's got such an easy throwing motion. The ball just comes yeah. out so nicely. Throws a really, really pretty ball. Um. I don't think that he's got like a massive, massive home run hitting arm. He's not not somebody who's going to completely stretch the field with, but with like a ridiculous velocity. ball. Easy right. velocity, yeah. The thing that I'm more – and I will always pick this. As long as your arm's not below average or average, if you have a slightly above average arm, which is kind of where I'm categorizing him, yeah, I will always prioritize ball placement and touch and understanding of how to put the ball in, in the hands of your receivers for them to succeed and win. I just – I see a really smart kid. I know it's cliche to sit here and go, oh, Duke quarterback. He's a really smart kid. But he, you see that on film. He yeah. knows where to set up his teammates. Um, I think, that though, that Riley Leonard's really good. We were kind of talking about this in the RPM uh, chat that we have on Slack. And I agree with something that one of our coworkers said, that if this kid has another strong season, he is going to dominate in the interviews. He could be a late first-round pick. I really do think that that's going to happen. I think he has that potential. I put a second round grade on him, Joe. He was number three. He was number three on my list. So we're actually not that far off. You had him at four. I had him at three. No, he is. I think six. I'm just higher on probably your number four guy and my number three guy. I think that's where we uh, differ. I, I don't. I don't think that's true. But we'll see in a minute. I guess. Okay. Um, Riley Leonard, number three for me. I echo a lot of the same things you said. He's six four, two hundred twelve pounds. Dad played basketball at the Citadel. Uncle played football, uh, played basketball at Georgetown. So he comes from a basketball background. He's came on the show and talked about it a lot. He actually thought he was going to be yeah. a basketball player for a long time, even into the high school years. He thought he was a basketball player. And I think that translates on, fi- on film, man. The one thing that I think we're going to underrate about Riley Leonard is my guy can run, man. He ran for 700 yards and double-digit touchdowns last year. Like, he can yeah. run. He's a really good athlete, long strider. And he's just got easy velocity, man. Ball comes out quick. He can also throw from different arm angles, like a lot of these guys on this list that I have here. The thing I want to see about Riley, which is why he's a second rounder, not a first rounder, because I think that he has all the tools to be a first rounder, to your point. It's just I didn't see him push the ball vertically enough in year one under Mike Elko and that staff. Uh, Kevin Johns is the offensive coordinator. I want to see next step. Year one as the full-time starter after starting a couple games the year before. As a true junior now, let's let him open things up a little bit, Mm. right? Open this offense up. Let's see what he can do now pushing the ball more consistently downfield. Because if he can be just a good thrower downfield, then I look at him and I say, this is a first-round player. I agree. I think that he has all the physical traits. I think he's a very smart young man. He's very athletic. All you need with Riley. It's just about next step. Can he be a guy that... 
He can affect the short to intermediate levels of the field. He can run the football. Can he now push the ball down the field and be that all-around quarterback? That's what I'm waiting to see with Riley. Who you got at number four? I hate this I so swear much, to God. Joe. Say, say Quinn yours. I swear I'm to God, say Quinn, Quinn yours. yours. I'm not saying Quinn yours. Thank God. I have Bo Nix as my number four quarterback. Oh, oh, Ryan. Joe. Joe. Over Michael Penix? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, firmly over Michael Penix, yeah. Yep. Ryan, no. Joe. Why? It, I thought we were going to make it through without having to talk about him. <laughs> Joe, I, I understand, man, because trust me, you know that I have been the biggest like pushback on Bo Nix of all time. But Bo was good last year, man. I mean, he was he was good last year. I, I, and he's 6'2". Or six one and a half, whatever he is. He's got a pretty sturdy frame. He's got a strong arm, easy velocity. He's a plus mm. runner. And he made good decisions last year, man. And that was like the thing that held him back at Auburn was he just made some stupid decisions all the time. He didn't make many bad decisions outside of the one terrible throw against Georgia. Like he was pretty mistake-free last year. So I'm not a big fan of him, man. I mean, I had a late third-round grade on him. I'm not sitting here saying, like, this is a first-round quarterback – I'm just sitting here saying that the okay. kid has tools and I think he has a sticking point as a backup and then maybe a spot starter or maybe a short-term starter eventually. I think he has the physical profile. So trust me, man, I literally texted Lorenz this morning. I'm like, I hate myself, but like Bo Nix is the top four quarterback in this class right now. Like he is, in my opinion, just because I think that the baseline is good and he was mistake-free last year. Now, the offense that he plays in is super vanilla as far as like he doesn't have to process a ton. There's a lot of easy throws in that offense, but I mean, he just he made solid decisions all year round, and he always had tools. Like there was no question about about Bonix's tools throughout his career, even at Auburn. It was just always the puzzling decisions, the stupid decisions. Because I think he's a pretty accurate kid. I think he has a strong arm. I think he's a good athlete. Decision making improved last year. So yes, it pains me that I put a late third round grade on Bo Nix. But I put a third round late third round grade on Bo Nix, man. Like he was just a he was just a good player last year. I, yeah, yeah. And I have the same on, grade. I'm not, I'm not high on Michael Penix, man. I'm not high on Michael Penix, and we'll talk about that. I'm sure. I have a I have a similar grade on him, but I'm just. Uh, I, it seems like I'm a little higher on the mid tier grouping of quarterbacks, which I'm actually a little surprised on, and maybe I'm just overly optimistic. I think he's fine. I, I don't oh, what we're going to say. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say to your point, like my my third rank quarterback rather than had a second, I had a late third on Bo and then an early four on Michael Pratt was my three, four, five. So like, yeah, not high grades in this mid tier as of wow. right now. Toolsy though, because then I had I had right after Pratt, I had a I had a, a mid third round grade on Michael Penix. I had a mid third round grade on Michael Penix. I don't hate Michael Penix. Just well, you have a late third on Bo and a mid on Penix. Yeah, yeah dude, Bo Penix is better than Michael Penix right now. Well, he's, he's better. Well, wait, no, but that doesn't make any sense. What? Because your grade on Penix is higher, third. but he's ranked low. No, no, I had a late third on Bo Nix. I have a mid four on, on Michael Penix. Oh, you said you said third. I misunderstood you. Okay, I want to I want to talk about Michael Penix here because like the, he's my obviously my number three. Yeah. Um. I I'm upset. I'm upset. This is oh, one of the few man. times that I'm upset, dude. Th- he's a great athlete. He is a great, great. He's a, he's a good. Athlete. He's a. Okay. Phoenix is he's a better athlete. A, Go ahead. 
He had. I don't. I don't. I don't really agree with that. I think that Bonix is a good athlete, but I think that Michael Penix is a better athlete than he is. I don't know. I man. think I, that Michael Penix does a really good job of being able to throw on the run. I think that he sure. he Im- improvises well. I understand that he was helped by some really good receivers, but dude, like the ball flies off his hand. Like the ball, he's got a he, he's got a really strong arm. Yeah. I know that he's not entirely consistent, but. I saw some pretty good deep accuracy from him. I saw a guy that was was aggressive. He can be overly aggressive, and that led to mistakes. And you think he one of those guys that overly trusts his arm and thinks that it can bail him out. But I I see a guy who eventually could be a starter in the NFL. I see somebody who can get drafted in the end of the first round and become a starter in the NFL. I really really like Michael Penix. I'm bought in on the the offseason hype that has been given to him. All right, let, let me start here, Joe. There is zero okay. percent chance. Listen to me. Don't 0% say this. Zero percent chance that he goes in the first round. Zero percent. And let me why? Explain let me explain why. why. Let me explain okay. why. Before I go into his film, go mm-hmm. look up his injury history. He is not going to do well in the medicals. He is not going to go in the first round. I'm sorry. Right. Like that's Fair. just Fair. he's missed multiple seasons with lower body injuries. Like he is just not going to be that guy, unfortunately. And that's the unfortunate part of this process, right? Is that the medicals are something that we have to consider, but to what degree and different players? It's a great question. I just look at him and I say that long list of injuries, though, it's probably not a great situation that he's going to be in. Here's my thing with Michael Penix on the field, man, which is what which is my hang-up, Joe. I agree with a lot of your points. I think he's a good athlete. I think he can improvise. I think he can throw in the run. I think that his deep ball is good at times, inconsistent a lot, though. I think that he misses some easy shots down the field, some, and but he makes some good ones at times. Here's my hang-up, though, with him. Outside the numbers, he's fantastic, man. Like, he can hit the back shoulders. He can throw with timing outside the numbers. It's great. My guy is bad to the middle of the field, though, man. Like, he can't throw to the middle of the field. Things are behind him, erratic, overthrow, underthrow. Like, it's it's painful to watch, man. He's a magician outside the numbers, an absolute magician. But then I see him throw to the middle of the field. And I'm like, the timing's off. He's thrown behind receivers, erratic accuracy. I just think that he's going to be easy to plan against at the next level, man. Like quarterbacks are just going to sit on receivers and just wait for him to throw that back shoulder game and to throw outside the numbers. Cause I just don't think that there's going to be a big threat of him working to the middle of the field a ton. You, you add that in with the injury concerns. Like I just, I put a mid four on him because I agree. I think there are some tools to work with, but like I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot that needs to go right for Michael Penix. I all due respect to him because I, I I love him as a college quarterback and what he was able to do last year under Kalen DeBoer, fantastic and Ryan Grubb. But I really do think, and this is overused at times. I think he's a little system oriented man. I think he's a little system dependent. Wait, but in Bo Nix isn't. No, Bo Nix is, but I think Bo Nix has a cleaner bill of health, and I think Bo Nix is more talented than Michael Penix. That's all. Okay. I don't want to belabor this so that we don't end up having a 30-minute back and forth on Michael we Penix. We should do it, man. We should um, do it. Let's do it. Both of us have Drake May. Drake, I have a meeting I have to get to, so we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> nice. Both of us, I assume we have Drake May at number two. We do not. Um, the, I'm just kidding. What? I'm just messing with you. Oh, I would have ended this episode if, if you if you said Quinn Ewers or something stupid. I would have completely. Well, no. Uh, no, what if I had Drake May number one though? I mean, some people have that this off. Ah, uh, okay. Here we're gonna have a really interesting discussion here. So okay. Drake May for okay. me 
like I see why everyone's really excited about him. I understand why early on everyone's like, oh, this this kid's going to be uh, a top 10, top 15 pick. And I graded him accordingly. A uh, big, strong athlete. I don't think that he is like an elite athlete. He moves well enough for it to work with his frame that he can be a threat running the football. Another one of those players is just a really easy thrower. doesn't really take much for him to drive the ball down the field. Um, I also love the, the accuracy. And he's playing on a team that doesn't – he had Josh Downs, but doesn't exactly always have consistently open receivers. And I think that another one of those players that overly trusts his arm and thinks like, oh, look at that tight window. I'm going to drive it in there, and it just leads to an incompletion because his receiver is not going to make that play. The one thing that held me back slightly on Drake May, and I'm not saying it's enough to say, oh, he's not a first-round pick. <laughs> I just didn't love his decision-making, and it kind of gave me a little bit of shades like what we got with CJ Stroud last year where holds the ball a little too long. He's not uh, a super reactive player as it could be. And I think that as some of his mistakes and some of his bad errant throws is that he just loves to force it on his initial read. Like He will just immediately yeah. go – I need to get the ball here. This is what my initial read is. I can kind of see a window. I'm strong enough, and I'm just going to force it, not really process what's in front of me. So um, that's where I'm at with Drake May. I think he is a great football player. He is going to be someone's franchise quarterback. Um, needs a little bit of refinement, but he checks every box. A lot, a lot of first-year hang-ups with Drake May last year. I think we see that one completely. There are some decisions that are just a little bit – Locked in, not really going through reads as much as it's well, not going through reads from a post snap perspective. Pre snap, I think he sees the game pretty well, but when the first read is not there, I think that he does struggle to get off of that first read at times. So I agree with you 100% there. I think, I think physically, he reminds me a lot of Justin Herbert, a, a whole lot. I mean, he throws a beautiful yeah. deep ball, he's got a strong arm, easy velocity. Really underrated athlete for as big as he is. Because, I mean, he's six four and a half, two 225-plus pounds at this point. My guy can move well. I mean, both his – he had two brothers that played basketball at the University of North Carolina as well. So, like, you see that background in him a lot. And I the one other hang-up I have on him a little bit, Joe, is that he's got a little bit of a long lever, right? So, yes, he's not yeah. on time sometimes. The release is a little bit long. I mean, it's not one that I, like – have a big hang up with because his release quickness is actually pretty good. Like the ball gets out pretty fast, but this kid has all the tools, man love. Cause sometimes those taller guys that have a little bit of longer levers there, they could over, they could overstep a little bit. Their accuracy could be a, a little bit affected as far as like being long striders, but my guy has great accuracy. I mean, he might be the most accurate quarterback in this class potentially. Like he is really good accuracy. He's got all the tools. I agree. It's just about a year of refinement and he's going to be an easy top five to 10 pick. I, I think that's what, where we're projecting here. I kind of, I like the Herbert comp. I kind of felt Trevor Lawrence. That was kind of where I fell within like just big, highly recruited kids, uh, you know, checks every physical box. But, you know, when he's put it. into to tough situations, you know, there's still stuff that needs to be improved. There's sure. things that he needs to work on before he really gets to his full potential. Yeah. Now, uh, Caleb Lawrence Williams, QB. Trevor Lawrence had a long lever, man. That was one yes, that was why. As soon as you said that, I was like, yeah. that fits perfectly with what yeah. what I'm talking about here. Um, JJ McCarthy, quarterback one. No, I'm just kidding. Where, where was JJ on your list, Joe? Where was he on your list? I watched. I watched eight quarterbacks in total. Yeah, uh, so he was ten. He was. He was the last one that <laughs> that I watched. Oh God, I was so unimpressed by him. I was really yeah, hoping man. for him yeah. to be a thing. Yeah. Um, Caleb Williams, though. I, I, I want to bring this up. So I, 
third graded player in the entire class for me. Really, really good football player. One of the easiest evaluations, I think, that we're going to have in a long time as a quarterback. Sure. I think it needs to be said, though, that Caleb Williams is either going to go perfectly right as a prospect in the NFL or horrifically wrong. And what I mean by that yeah. is that he is a just a really natural player. He's a fantastic football player. USC bias aside, you know, I'm wearing a Notre Dame shirt. Uh, there's no bias playing into this. This is an impossible player to scheme around because he can he doesn't he doesn't think the ball just comes out and he knows where to to put the football and he makes amazing plays. It's like I'm watching a guy that's just playing Madden. He's running around, he's doing whatever he wants. But the same thing is that when we're playing Madden sometimes and you're cooking, you're like, oh, I'm going to really try to make a splash play here. I'm really going to try and create this home run. I'm going to run around back and forth and I'm going to try and force the ball somewhere where it doesn't really belong without really sure. checking where everything is. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but when he makes mistakes, they're, they're bad. They're really bad mistakes. They're like, oh my God, why That's would nice. you throw that there? Sure. And it leads to, to interceptions and turnovers. So what I mean by this, despite him having an amazing arm, easy arm, doesn't require a platform. Again, every box checked. What I mean by this is that I worry that if he's got the Kyler Murray effect of you watch Kyler play when everything's going right, he he is one of the be- could be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL because he's so hard to tackle. He's so hard to keep track of. He's got a really good arm. But what we saw last year when things aren't going well and the offensive line isn't effective enough at blocking for him and his receivers aren't playing well, what happens? And I I worry a little bit like, do we get that bad side of Caleb where he shows up on a team, he's got nothing, which is the Arizona Cardinals, which is probably where he's going to end up. Can he step up to the plate and do everything and avoid injury with the way that he plays the position? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some worries with Caleb Williams. I, I think that the biggest thing for me, and I think that this is the same vantage point you have here, is that he is so good outside of structure at times that he kind of falls to wanting to play outside of structure too much. Like, I, I just think that yes. that's – he's too quick to to break pockets and to be an extender at times. And it works. It, it works. works in the college level, yeah. <laughs> So I think yeah. he's a little bit of a chill pill at times. I, I'm interested because I didn't see his game against San Jose State th- this past weekend, but I'm I'm curious to see if he plays a little bit more consistently in the pocket this year. I know he put up good numbers, but like he's going to put up good numbers because he is a incredible talent as a thrower, man. Like his arm is just arm talent and that very cliche phrase, right? But the ability to create velocity – and to maintain accuracy from different arm angles and different postures is absurd, man. Like, it's just absurd. Not many guys. It's unseen. Pe- we ne- very rarely see this. People shake their head at the Pat Mahomes comparison, Joe. But, like, the arm-wise, there is a lot of comparisons to Pat Mahomes. There is. Yes. Now, physically, they're different, right? Because Pat's a little bit taller. He's a little bit denser. But Caleb's dense, man. And he can break some tackles. And he's an extender. Kid has the opportunity to be a special football player. I just want him to play more consistently inside of structure. If that matches what he does outside of structure, then he's going to be the first overall pick, as he should be right now, and he could be an absolute star on the NFL level. That's the type of player we're dealing with with Caleb Williams. I'm going to go as far as say this before we wrap up. I don't see a universe where he doesn't end up being the first overall pick unless he decides, I don't want to play for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to go back for a year, which is what some people are are saying. I'd – 
I think that there might I, be too much money on the table for him to I, do that. I think it's more likely that it's an Eli Manning situation where it's like, okay, the Cardinals are going to draft yeah. me, but like, you better trade me or I'm not playing for your team type of situation than going back to school. That's kind of what I see right. with it. Yeah, no, no questions that he's the best player at the quarterback position. At Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft. We'll be back with more. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.